Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey guys, my name is Drake. I'm the pastor here at City Church, and it's such an honor for you to be tuning in with us today. Happy New Year, by the way, and I'm super excited to introduce to you my friend Matt Patrick. He is the pastor of the Well Church here in Boulder. They planted a couple of years ago, and it's really amazing watching all that God has done in and through them. Our church and our staff and our lead team, we've all learned a lot from them, and I asked him to speak specifically to us today to breathe some life into us as we go into the new year with some really clear vision of where God is taking us and all the things that are possible in this new year as we grow and build community together. So if you're new to City Church or you're just now connecting in, thanks so much for taking the time today. Can't wait to meet you in person. In, in just a few weeks, we're going to uh, be gathering back to in-person gatherings. Our grand reopening is on, on January 17th. Would love to have you join us on that day, 1030 a.m. We'll see you there. Hey, City Church, it is so good to be here with you this morning. Um, we just got done celebrating Christmas. We're about ready to head in the new year, and it's a special Sunday that I get to be here and worship with you guys at home. Um, I know you guys are coming back soon and all that good stuff, but um, I, I'm just honored to get to preach here at uh, City Church. And one of the reasons I love that is I love being an encouragement to other churches. Um, as you know, I'm a pastor here in Boulder as well at the Well Church, and, it, and, it's, and it's always a blessing at our church to have other voices come in and share words of encouragement, words of blessing, um, the things that we need to be reminded of. Because sometimes, um, you know, at my church, people hear me all the time, and they can just get used to hearing that. And so I love having other people come in and share. And I know that your pastor, Pastor Drake, asked me to come in and do that with you. And so here's what I'm here to do today. I am here to encourage you, um, which I think we can all admit, 2020, it's almost over. Praise God for that, but there's been a lot of good. But in the midst of all of that, we are all sensing probably that we need a little bit of encouragement. The, the gas tanks might be running a little low right now, and so I want to help fill those up a little bit. And, and, and here's how I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you with a word, and, and it'll make more sense as we get into it. I want to encourage you around the word clarity. You see, when things get difficult, when things are hard, when we're not sure what to do next, I would always encourage people to get clear on what they're here to do. Get clear on, on your marriage, on, on, on why you guys are together and what God is doing in there when it's hard times in marriage. Or if it's at work, get clear on why do you have this job, right? See, clarity can help cut through the fog of life. And so what I want to do is I want to encourage you around something that we as Christians get to be clear on that helps orient our lives, helps show us what the true north is for life. I, I want to get clarity around why churches exist, why city church exists, and clarity around your role in it. And there's implications that come out there. Now, if you're 
watching this and you're not a Christian, I'm really glad that you're watching this because you're kind of getting to sit down at the table in almost a Christian family meeting, if you will. You're kind of getting to see how it works. You're getting to see the inside parts of it, if you will, the, the, the mechanism that makes the church um, turn and go. And I'm assuming something. I'm assuming if you're watching this and you're not a Christian, you're at least intrigued. So it's a perfect Sunday for you to be joining City Church. And I hope that this blesses you as well. And we always like at the well, at least, and I'm sure here at City Church, our goal is for you to have a relationship with Jesus. So hopefully this is a step in the right direction for that for you. Now, like I said, I am the pastor of a church here in Boulder called the well. Our church, we planted and which means, if you're not familiar with that lingo, planted means we started that church um, almost 10 years ago. Almost 10 years ago. And we've seen God do so much in those 10 years. Not saying it's been easy. Trust me, it has not been easy. But we've seen God do some amazing things. We've seen the glory of God shown. We've seen, we've seen him move in ways that we never imagined. We have personally grown in, in amazing ways. And it's been a huge thing for us. It's been a huge encouragement for us and, and honestly to our city. And I want to share some of the things that God's done in our church. And, and here's why. I, I'm not bragging about our church. I could come up with an equally big of a list of things that have gone wrong in our church. Trust me, okay? But I want to share some things about what God's done in our church. And the reason I want to do that is I want to encourage you, because guess what? I believe that God's prepared and ready to do things like that or even better or greater things through City Church and through other good gospel preaching churches in Boulder. So I want to encourage you because you guys are a young church right now, and that's an awesome place to be. But early on, it can feel like, man, it, like how's this going? What's God doing? And so I just want to kind of maybe give you a vision for what's possible down the road. And I bet some of these things I'm going to list, you're already experiencing them. Here's some of my, my favorite things that we've achieved as a church, and I'll explain them as I go through them. One, as a church plant, as a new church, we um, are internally funded. And what that means is this, is that our church, our members actually fund our church from the inside out. That means there's enough people there that believe in the mission and vision of the Well Church in Boulder to actually open their wallets and give to see that mission continue. That's a big deal for church planning. And I know that your church has a vision for that, and that means that they need you to participate in it. And so as we participate together, we get to grow that community and fund what God's doing. And that's a big deal for a church. And so that's something that we've seen God do over the years. Um, we've baptized over 50 new believers, which is amazing. And so depending on context, you have to understand where we are. We're in Boulder. Um, like 50 baptisms is not something that you should ever snub your nose at in any context. But in a hard place like Boulder, in Colorado, man, we've seen God do some amazing things there. We've grown to a size that allows us to have greater missional advancement. We've expanded the areas in which we serve and we love because we've stayed faithful to the gospel, seen people be saved, seen new people come into our community, and, and we've gotten to participate in things that we never thought we would get to participate in. Um, a big win for our church is in these nine to 10 years, we've planted three other churches other than our own church out of ours. So four churches in total and in roughly 10 years, 
all in the Boulder area. And so um, because of things like our people's generosity, our, their willingness to be missional, their willingness to go, we have trained up and sent out church planners here. And I know that that's a heartbeat of City Church. Um, I've talked to your pastor about that, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I just want to share that because that's possible for you as well. Um, we've partnered with other things that, and, and things we've helped fund, like the Boulder Pregnancy Center, helping young women in our community. And uh, we've part, we partnered also with church planting, um, not just here, but actually um, God has seen it fit to use our little church that we started in my living room, right, with nine people to now help plant a church in Paris, France, and two churches in inner city LA. And for me personally, this is the big one for me, right? Like I, I love those, but I've, our whole church has gotten to see those. But, but a couple big ones for me is since starting our church, I have personally seen my youngest sister and my father be saved, and I've gotten to baptize both of them. I've gotten to baptize and see two out of three of my kids get saved. My youngest, um, she, she totally wants to get baptized. We believe she is saved and all that good stuff, but she does not want to go into water backwards understandable. She's only five. And so we're waiting on that one. But, 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 but Lord willing, I'll get to baptize all three of my kids. So I've gotten to baptize my dad, my sister, and two of my kids. And so I say, hey, this journey is worth it already. There's no losing anymore, right? And I know you guys have seen people be saved here in this church. So guess what? There is no failure. The kingdom has advanced through City Church. And what a blessing you guys have been to our city. Now again, I don't share this to brag about the well, but I share it to encourage you all. Because I believe God has done things like this in the past and has proven that he will continue to do them. And that City Church has a role to play in that. And so this begs the question, well, how do we get there? How, how does any church see this kind of encouraging fruit? And it goes back to what I said at the beginning. I think it gets down to clarity. And going into 2021, I want to encourage City Church to be clear. Clear about who you are, and most importantly, clear about the gospel message that you have to share with the world. Let me share with you what I think the Bible teaches about this. You see, because clarity is important, and clarity on the gospel is of the utmost importance. I love this definition of uh, the gospel. It comes from the late great theologian and pastor J.I. Packer. If you haven't read any of his books, you should buy them all and read them all. But he defined the gospel this way. He said, um, he, he, said it, he said the gospel is this, is that God saves sinners. Pretty straightforward. We can remember that, right? God saves sinners. We're all sinners in, the need of a, in need of a Savior. God has done that through his son, Jesus Christ. It's pretty clear, right? There's clarity in that. We are sinners. We need to be saved from our sins. The only one that can do that is God. God accomplishes that, accomplishes that through the life, death, and resurrection of God the Son, Jesus Christ. Right? It's easy, especially in this chaotic, crazy world that we live in, to forget that. Right? People ask me all the time, Matt, how did the well get going? How did you guys get to the size you are? All of that kind of stuff. And, and, and they want to know all of the things we did. The things matter, but the things come out of the one thing that we must be clear on, which is the gospel. When we started the well, 
this simple gospel was honestly all that we had. Um, the well came from um, probably the most humble beginnings that you could come from as a modern day church plant. And by that I mean we were broke. <laughs> we had no money. We had none. Zero. Zero dollars. We were completely broke. Our bank account would almost be zero every month. Um, we met in, in, in one of our pastor's uh, living rooms for a while, but he didn't have any kids and stuff was getting broken. So we moved to my living room because I had kids. And if you have kids, you know you don't keep anything um, below waist height. Anything of value is up high, right? And so uh, my house was safer. Um, we'd had zero signage. We would literally go to Safeway every Sunday morning and pick up orange balloons. And we'd tell people to just follow the balloons. That was our marketing strategy. That's what we had money for, was six orange balloons every Sunday. And I, and thank God, like it worked, I guess. And, but that was one way. We finally moved into a really funky, weird, nasty facility with just a couple of people. There was like 20 of us. We moved into this facility, but we couldn't afford a projector or anything like that. So I would bring my TV from my living room. Every Sunday, I would joke that I'd go to preach on Sunday with my Bible under one arm and my TV under another. And eventually that got broken, and so we had to buy a projector, but we couldn't afford a projector. So what we did, maybe you don't like this, but this is what we did. We did what we had to do to survive, is we would go on Saturday to Best Buy, and we'd buy a projector, and then we'd return it on Sunday morning every week. We eventually did buy that projector on a great open box special, by the way. But we would do that every single week. So we came from humble beginnings. And what I loved about that season was this, that all we had was God and his gospel. That's all we had. We couldn't focus on other things. All we could do was share the gospel with one another and those that would come along with us. And the Apostle Paul, that's what he does time and time again. Humble surroundings, but a powerful gospel. In Acts 19, that's what Paul shows us. In Acts 19, you get the story of the Apostle Paul going to the church at Ephesus for the first time. Now, a few things to know about this passage before I read it. I'm going to give you a couple quick points here once we get into it. It's this. is This story that you're about ready to encounter it would have taken place about 20 years after the resurrection. So it would place it in roughly 53 AD. So we're not that far from the resurrection, but Christianity is brand new at this time, right? Um, this is also Paul's uh, uh, third missionary journey. He's been out multiple times. And so he's going through, but he's coming through Ephesus. And here's what we see. I just want to point out three things that we see when Paul arrives in Ephesus that will help us get clear on the centrality of the gospel, which is our great encouragement going into 2021. And, it, and the first point is this, is that Paul is always on mission. He is always on mission. When we know that God saves sinners, then you have to be always on mission. Listen, I love it that your church does a lot of outreach stuff. I think it's great, and you guys should keep doing it. We do the same thing. But I need you to hear me on this. Your missional reach, your missional influence, it is not only at those events. Your pastors and the staff and the leaders of City Church, their job is not to fill your social calendar with missional events. You've got a calendar, and you are a Christian, and you are supposed to bring missionality into that reality. 
And Paul is always on mission. He doesn't know how to turn it off. Look at what he says in Acts 19, verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul, who we're talking about here, passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. So he's coming through Ephesus, and look at what it says next. It says, there he found some disciples. He found some disciples. I love that. Like he just found some guys. Why? He was always on mission. He was always talking. He was always reaching. Paul was the guy, if he showed up in your town and he found some Christians, he was going to train them and plant a church with them. That's what he did. He was always doing it. He was always pressing on that. And how does he do that? Well, you're only going to be on mission through word and deed. I think we might like the idea of deed, of doing good things for people, but the word part is a little scary because that means we have to share the gospel with people. We have to talk about Jesus. And that's nerve-wracking, and I get it. Maybe you've heard the, the famous saying from St. Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Well, I got news for you. He actually never said that. That's completely made up, and it's not even good, right? You should use your words. Preach the gospel at all times. Go, therefore, into all the nations, right? We, we are to proclaim the gospel to people. And this is what Paul does everywhere he goes. The point is this. Wherever Paul goes, he's engaged on God's mission. I just love that it says, and he found some disciples. Because he was probably talking to everybody. That's what he did wherever he went. The second thing is this. Once he found either A, Christians or non-Christians, what he would do is this. He would help others know the gospel more clearly. Right? He would help others know the gospel more clearly. Verse 2, it says this, And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I love this passage because what you're getting here is you're, is you're seeing that there is much religious confusion. These guys needed help. And what does Paul do? What does Paul do? He helps them see the gospel clearly. Right? They knew John, that's John the Baptist, who came preaching repentance to prepare the way for Jesus, but they actually didn't know Jesus. So when he was saying disciples in that first one, we actually know that Paul found people who probably weren't Christians, but were not turned off by it, right? How many people in our community know Christianity but don't know Jesus? How many people know things around it or ideas about it or have assumptions about it, but maybe they don't know who Jesus really is? A lot. And our job as Christians is to tell them the truth of Jesus. Our job is to show them that faith in John's baptism is incomplete or that faith in anything outside of the saving power of Jesus is incomplete. We must show people that they need Jesus. That is the clarity. And so listen to me, City Church. I need you to hear me on this. If you want to be encouraged, if you want to know these things, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to do. If you guys want to thrive, you need to know this gospel. You need 
to bring it in a clear and helpful way to our city. Because guess what? Whether it's the Well Church, or whether it's Calvary Church, or Grace Commons, or Cornerstone, or all these other great churches, listen, we all need each other to bring a clear gospel if we are going to be encouraged an encouragement to one another by seeing the arm of the church reach deep and wide into our city to help bring the gospel to bear on our neighbors. Right? We must show people a clear gospel, not a religious gospel. A couple of years ago, I was uh, getting coffee at um, Ozo on Pearl Street, and uh, I, I'm pretty religious about bringing my uh, own mug, and I, and I use the word religious intentionally. Um, I, I bring it all the time, and one day I forgot it, and I'm waiting in line, and a lady turns around and she looks at me and she goes, you should really bring your own mug. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I always bring my own mug, and now I'm getting criticized for hating the environment or something because I didn't bring my mug, right? And I just kind of offhandedly said, well, I didn't know you were so religious or I would have, which probably wasn't the best thing to say. And she was like, what do you mean by that? And we ended up sitting down and having this conversation, how I explained religion is a bunch of duties you have to do, whereas um, true religion or faith in Jesus isn't about a, th- a bunch of things you have to do, but about something that's been done for you. And so I explained to her that while I'm a pastor, she's actually much more religious than I am because she's trying to follow all the right rules all the time. And she was like, oh. And so I got her to come to our church a couple times, all this stuff. But listen, I share that story because we live in a highly religious community that needs to be set free from that. They need to know the freedom of Christ. And by you bringing clarity to the gospel, you are helping set people free. Now, the last implication of being clear about the gospel is this. When you're clear on the gospel, City Church, you can persevere. That's a great encouragement. You can persevere through hard times. Look at verse 8. And speaking about Paul still here, it says this, And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Now here comes the hard part, right? But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking of evil, of the way before the congregation, the way, by the way, it's referring to Christians. That's what the early church was called. They were called the way. So they were speaking evil of the way or Christianity before the congregation. So what did Paul do? He withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greek. I love that Paul went into the synagogue, as the text says, and spoke boldly. you got to remember, he's stepping into a synagogue, a Jewish synagogue, and what he's doing is he's saying, the Messiah has come and you killed him. That's pretty bold, right? He's, he's out there preaching the gospel boldly. You see, the Jews thought that, that, that the Messiah was going to come with military and political power, but Paul's making the argument time and time again that Jesus came to set us free from the real thing that, that, that has us in bondage and enslaved to, which is sin, and that we're set free through that. And so he's preaching that in the synagogue. So he's basically going up against the local rabbis, telling them that they need Jesus, right? Right? And that's, in essence, what we do as churches. 
We show up here in Boulder in a place that is not asking for God. Listen to me. Your neighbor is not begging for you to tell them about Jesus. Nobody in the history is ever in the history of the world has ever asked for God to save them. God saves out of his good grace and kindness towards us even when we don't want it, right? And so, listen, as you go out into this world, you're a lot like Paul. You're preaching a message that people aren't asking for. There's going to be difficulty with that. But we keep preaching it because people need to hear the good news. Right? But Paul keeps preaching. And what do they do? They kick him out of the synagogue. Kick him out. Homeless. Sent out. So what does he do? Does he mope and go, well, I guess, I guess nobody wants Jesus here. He goes, nope, I found the hall of Tyrannus. We're going to keep preaching there. And he preached there for two more years. Set up a church there. Got it all going. And I love this. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. What what that's basically saying is that because of the ministry of the preached word and being clear about the gospel, everybody heard the message of Jesus. Now listen to me. It does not say that everybody came to know Jesus, right? It says everybody heard. Our job is not to save. That is up to God. Our job is to be faithful to the gospel and present it when needed, which is all the time, right? And so what you get here is this is Paul went for it, and he made sure everybody knew. You're going to have to share the gospel in hard places. This is how we persevere, right? And some become stubborn, like it says here in the text. People will push against us. But your job is not to convince. Your job is to stay faithful. Paul kept going. He persevered. He was told he couldn't preach, but he kept preaching. You all at City Church, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to persevere. Persevere in preaching the gospel and sharing it clearly. My encouragement for you is this. I don't have a bunch of systems. I don't have a bunch of things. I have the simple gospel. And and hear me on this, friends. Hear me. Coming from a church that started with a couple of friends and a living room and some balloons, that I look back on those days with fondness because I know that all we had then was the gospel. And so if you're here struggling, if you're going, man, being part of a church plant's hard. I don't know where we're going. I hope this works out. Listen, your role in this is to be faithful, to not give up, to persevere as Paul did, and to be clear as you present the gospel, to understand that God saves sinners. And if he saves one, it's worth it all. And that's already happened. That's already happened. You're playing with house money right now. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against what God is building. Listen, you have the power of God in you as you persevere. And I'm just simply here to say this. Is that you're participating in something that's more than worthwhile. It's actually eternal. The church is eternal. And you're helping build her by being part of City Church. What you're doing matters. Don't forget that. And I just want to exhort you as you go into 2021 
to be clear on the gospel. And if you will, as we talked about today, if you will be clear on the gospel, you will have no choice but to be on mission, to help others be clear on the gospel, and have a posture in life that perseveres through the difficulties. God has so much in store for you guys in 2021 and into the future. Man, it's my honor and privilege to worship with you guys. I hope that this is an encouragement to your souls. Let's pray. Lord, go with these people as they sit in their living rooms and they watch this and as they're trying to wrangle kids and all the things that are going on around them. May they be able to focus here and now and go, yes, God, I want to be used for your purposes. Even if that's just loving a difficult neighbor well by cooking for them in their time of need or sharing the gospel with somebody when they're questioning their value in life or serving on a setup team or whatever that might be. I pray for these people, Lord, that they would be people of open hands, ready to serve, ready to give and ready to be generous hearted people for your mission and for your kingdom, but to do that particularly and specifically here at City Church. Go before them, God the Holy Spirit, prepare the way and may we be reminded of the love of the Father. I pray all of these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.